I'm Tina Black, co-owner of Next Level Salon Ownership, a six-month business and leadership course to help you start, maintain, grow, or scale your salon business. We believe there are five strategies to help you eliminate politics and confusion, increase morale, decrease turnover, and increase productivity. If you would like to get on our waiting list for the next course, please go to www.nextlevelsalonleadership.com. I can't wait to dive into your book and to really study that. This is incredible. And, and I remember, you know, uh, my mentor, Wayne Claybaugh, saying to us as leaders, don't just trust your instinct, obey your instinct. And, and so I love that you're talking about the gut brain, of course, you know, I think uh, more so as a woman, I, I think I, I kind of like, I think we have that intuition, you know, at, with our gut. And so can you talk a little bit about that, of why you should obey your instincts as a leader and maybe give some tangible um, thoughts on that? Because I know, you know, many times we fail to address conversations with people, maybe our own fear, our own triggers as a leader of thinking, man, if I go in there and have this conversation, I know they're going to blow up. I might blow up, you know, <laughs> the cortisol is really going to kick in here and this is not going to be good for anybody. Um, so talk about that, like having those tough conversations. Oh, I love this. There's a, a couple of places that I, I may want to go with this, uh, Atina. So I think that, you know, tough conversations, we, we already just that word alone can trigger us, right? If we start to like prepare for something <laughs> that we think is going to be tough, we might show up, you know, already a little bit more full of fear. So I now start to look at them as growth experiences. I know that any time that I've really sat down and I've deconstructed a, a conversation, meaning what is the deeper meaning behind why I want to have this conversation? And I ask myself these questions before I go into it. So everything that is more prepared is going to have a greater outcome. And conversations are the exact same. And that's something that we don't get taught as, as humans. I, I never got taught it in school, but it's really important because words carry energy and words change your world. And so if you can sit down and really prepare yourself with, you know, what is the most important? important? And how would I want to enter into this conversation? Or how would I want someone to approach me with this if it was, you know, on the opposite side of things? And, and so that was kind of the, the first thing that I, I started to work with. And then one of the things that I absolutely love that I took away from conversational intelligence is I love to prime the space for trust. And I use what's called the trust model. And it's an acronym for the word trust. And T stands for transparency. I'm just gonna walk through it real quick and then I'll come back to it. Uh, R stands for relationship, U for understanding, S for shared success, and T for test assumptions. And I love this model because you can pull from different places or you can, you know, go down the list as you enter into this conversation. But one of the first things that I'll do when I'm entering into one of these growth experiences is I'll let the person know where I'm coming from. I want to be completely transparent with you. You know, something that I'm about to share with you, it, it may be hard for you to understand at first. You, you may feel frustrated and I love to feel, I love to help them understand what they may expect because then they're, they're, they're preparing themselves, you know, even subconsciously for this, something to know about the way the mind works. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to go too off here, but I want to bring something else about that. 
a high percentage, if not, I'm, I don't know the exact percentage, but I'm going to say it's, it's very, very high, especially if you are somebody that is not into mindfulness practices, uh, meditation, journaling, the mind, because of the way that, that we have been domesticated and the world that we're brought up in, the mind processes information from bottom up. So it goes through the primitive and then it starts to move its way up. And as I just explained all the different regions of the mind, if you know that, you know that when someone's entering into this conversational space, we have to get them through that gatekeeper. You know, we have to calm them down so we can start to get them to that executive mind to help them see possibilities with us. Because that's really what we're going through in a, in a growth experience conversation, or if you're going to call it tough, is we, we want to help each, each of us get to a place that we're coming to a greater outcome than we started, right? So if you, if you have a mindfulness, and this is where I want to just do a side note, the reason why mindfulness is there's so many benefits, but one of the, the greatest benefits when it comes to the mind is it starts to massage. Like if you're a meditator, you're going to start to massage the region of the mind, the executive part of the mind, so that it starts to grow and is, is being activated more and it's starting to develop. So when you get information, you have even more of a higher possibility to get to that part of the, the mind quicker or for some really, really like meditators that have been doing it for a long time, that they actually start processing information from top down. So they actually come into conversations or into life looking for all the great things before they get triggered by fear. And I think that's really important because we're seeing more mindfulness show up in different trainings and, and leaders are starting to become more in tune with it because that's the way we have to develop our self-awareness to have any beneficial change in our life. It starts with awareness and mindfulness is the way to develop your awareness. So um, just a little side note there, but back to the trust model. So I'll go in and I'll talk about, um, you know, where I want, where I'm at in that moment, just being really transparent with them. And I'll let them know how much the relationship between this person and, and myself means to me. You know, I really value this relationship that we have together. And, and this is why I wanna be completely honest with you as we move into this space. And then I'll go into understanding. You know, I wanna have a chance to make sure that we both get to share so that we can have more of an understanding and stand under each other's reality instead of, you know, this reality gap that we had, how can we bridge it? And, and I think if we can sit and listen and, and really with an open heart to understand where each other's coming from, we are gonna have more shared success. And I, I'll ask them, you know, what would shared success look like leaving this conversation? What would mutual success, what do you want leaving? And, and I wanna share what I want to leave with, you know, what would be that next course of action for us to continue to move in the right direction? That's important that we get that out of this conversation. And then my favorite is test assumptions. When I'm in this conversation with this person, I want them to know all the assumptions that I'm holding around this situation, I want to test them with you because these assumptions, they're not fact-based. They're the story that my mind has created and I don't want to pass it to somebody else. I don't want to pass that poison on. I actually want to just end it here and test it with you. So that's definitely something that I want to make sure that I have your permission to do. So that's a, a little way that I'll enter that. So good. So talk a little bit how all of all of this really helped you um, lead your salon, like because I think that this is all like incredible stuff. But I'm thinking, okay, so how exactly can this work so perfectly in a salon environment? Oh my gosh, Sean, I love this question. Thank you, and I think it really goes hand in hand with why I wrote the book. 
you know, like you had said earlier, I opened up the Lunatic French Salon here in Boise. It was Sean and Angie is our business uh, business partners, Sean Trujillo and Angie Katsanavis. And this was their first uh, out-of-state location partnership salon that they had done. And uh, uh, I was excited about it. I'd been in the company for, I think, five years before we had opened, maybe three, and then I stayed with them. I, I don't know the exact timeline. And I was into this new endeavor, you know, I, I knew, and you guys had interviewed, uh, Lisa Marie, I can't remember her last name, uh, just recently. Uh -huh. I didn't want to pronounce it wrong. She said something that was really, really, it, it just rung my bell. And she said, you know, I don't know verbatim, but what I took away is when she talked about some people get into becoming an owner because they want to be a business owner. And then maybe they forget about the leadership development. I feel very blessed because I got into ownership because I really wanted to be a leader. Like my passion, I, I love leadership. I love learning about it. Um, it. There's not been a day that it's ever felt like work. And so I was really excited about understanding how to become a greater leader. This was really my biggest leading moment of my career and of my life. And so coming into this location, you know, I was just super excited. My husband is very business savvy, so we work well together. And uh, 2008 starts, we're entering into what some people compare to the Great Recession. And I'm in this upscale salon in a community that's never heard of us. And there's a lot of emotions going through my body. You can imagine, you know, it's, I was 29 years old, so I was very young. And um, I, I had to start to understand how do I make this work? How do I wear every single hat like most leaders do in the beginning of, you know, being the educator, understanding the vision and sharing the vision, helping the systems become developed, creating a guest experience, being a coach. I mean, all these hats that we wear, how do I do it and do it well? And it was a lot of trial and error. And instantly in this moment, when I started to recognize that, I was leaking so much energy because I was having to try to chase down uh, different stylists to make sure that they got the information if we were backordered on something, or if there was you know, a new stylist starting, or if someone was moving on, like these things that we deal with as owners, I was trying to interrupt you know, my guest experience behind the chair to try to get this important information to my team. And I, I knew something had to change. And I'd been to a, a seminar with Neil Dukoff and I'd heard about the daily huddle. And I'm not kidding you guys. I literally, I laughed. I was like, that sounds so cheesy. Like who's going to bring their team together and do this little, you know, powwow. And it was really that resistance that was grabbing my attention because I remembered like the loudest voice when I was sitting there trying to figure out how to make this work in the, the beginning years of being a salon owner and a leader. And I was like, I have to develop communication amongst this team. Communication is everything. And I have to, I have to find a way to bring my team together. And so we started doing huddles. You know, I had no idea. And I think that this is another big reason why I wrote the book is so often as leaders, we do get put in these positions and we get told what to do, but really being taught how to do them. Like I'd heard about huddles. I'd sat in a seminar where there was, you know, maybe an hour presentation, but like I had no idea other than to just try to like tell, sell, yell information, you know, like kind of rapid fire, like this is where we're at. And there was no co-creation in this huddle. And they were really, in, uh, they weren't 
they were impactful for me, but not really for my team. And so through just starting to see like there was something there, I planted a seed, but yet it, it needed a lot of work to cultivate it and to grow. And that's when I started to get really curious around, you know, how do we interact the best way as humans? How do we create that sense of belonging? You know, how do we understand more about what we're feeling? And there were so many experiences throughout my career and through my life that started to help me grab from different resources or have my awareness be heightened in knowing what I needed to do next or, or, you know, what next coach I needed to hire. I'm someone that has had, you know, a plethora of coaches around me. So I did have a lot of different resources to start to pull in and, and help me identify blind spots or opportunities if I wasn't able to see them on my own. So it, it was a lot of those, those, you know, different experiences. But the one thing I can say now is, you know, going through those times of building something in a community an upscale uh, salon that this community had never heard of. And then during a really tough time, like uh, 2008, and when the economy was crashing, and then now fast forward through all of us that have been leading through this pandemic, the one thing I can say that I've been able to stay constant with and continue to cultivate is the communication with my with my team. And when we were all taken out of this, um, you know, our environments, the first thing I said to my team and I, I said, you know, I, know, I don't know what's going to happen right now. I don't know if we're going to be, you know, shut out of our workspace and, and what's going to happen in that regards. But I do know this. We will stay together. We'll do our huddles every single morning like we've been doing. We'll show up. It'll still be that source of us to be able to deliver information, to be able to create this sense of belonging, to bring inspiration in, and to make sure that everybody is okay as we go through this together. And, you know, through that time, we opened up the doors and we were able to put all those safety uh, measures in place within a 24 hours. It seems like we got it from our mayor and we, you know, had our team dialed in because we'd all been communicating. And then we opened up the door with not one team member that, that didn't come back with us. And it just showed the, the level of, of what great communication can do because it really, it does more than, than just, you know, hosting a meeting, but it brings people together. It connects us. It creates that sense of belonging. It builds trust. It allows us to know how to share and discover with one another. So that's, that's really why I, I really leaned into this kind of stuff. And then all the other pieces and parts, you know, they came together with it because if you want to grow something, you have to continue to learn, right? Yeah. Wow. 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 Yeah. This, this just takes me, it really is about intelligent communication because a lot of salons communicate, but are they doing it intelligently? And that's what I love about this. And Sean and I, we have a six month course that's starting in February. And part of it is fixing your communication. What does that look like? And I can foresee us using your book uh, to be able to help our salon owners and leaders to understand this piece, because I think it's often a very missed piece. And a lot of leaders, Andrea, talk about this, because a lot of leaders don't know how to run even a meeting or a huddle or a one-on-one, -on -one and, and they make it all about the wrong things, right? And so let's talk about that a little bit because what are we missing as salon leaders to build that, to continue to build that safety, to con uh, continue to build that trust with our team members? Because if we don't do that, they're gone, you know, in seconds, as we know, especially today. Oh my gosh, it's so true. And, and I do, I, I love that, that we're gonna go here because it is so important. And it is a lot of the things that we've never been taught. 
what I said earlier is that every, every conversation happens in time and space and a meeting is a conversation and it, or it should be, you know, no one wants to just be talked at. And if you're working with a team, we have to understand what's on the heart and minds of all of our team members, but we need to know how to facilitate that, right? And so, you know, with a huddle, with a meeting, with a coaching session, I, I open up those spaces in all the same ways. I bring people in and, and the first thing, the first thing that, that I'm going to walk you through another acronym called SPACE. I think this will help. So the S, the S stands for self-awareness. How are you as a leader showing up? What does that look like? How do you how do you feel? How are you dressed? Are you on time? You know, all of these things are are what make up our interaction dynamics. And our interaction dynamics are the different signals that we put off to people that are coming in ten feet of us, right? People, like I said earlier, the the most uh, the purpose of the primitive mind is to detect for threat. It doesn't know if it's detecting us or saving us from a saber toothed tiger or from somebody that has a you know a scowl on their face. Okay. So it's gonna the body's gonna react the exact same. So it's really important to ask yourself how am I showing up? And this this is where you know good habits really create good leaders. If you're showing up on time and the music is set to a really nice tone, you know, so the environment feels really nice and calm walking into, you're greeting your team with a smile. These things are those little things that are so important because they're starting the meeting. The meeting didn't start right when you started to talk. The meeting started when people that you invited, invited to come in to your space is experiencing. So really taking in that, that, that into consideration, what, how am I, like it starts with me first. And if you've got some things that you need to work through, and this is why mindfulness is important, we're human, we're, leaders are human. And if, if I'm having a bad day, I have to know what are some of the rituals that I can tap into to start to regulate my energy, to help me just also get into a space where I can invite people in. So it's important. We have to do these things that maybe we don't read in, in, in leadership books. I think they're coming, you know, as far as like how to really uh, tune into ourselves and, and become aware because it's important. So that's what S stands for. The P is psychological safety. So starting to understand again, you know, how do things look? Is it cluttery in my environment? Does it smell good in my environment? Is, are things dusty? You know, what does this environment look like? Because again, if there is a threat showing up that's in that physical space, it's going to shut people down. How is my tone of voice? Am I speaking too fast? Am I, you know, am, am I yelling? Or, you know, how's my eye contact? Like all of these things are really what create a space for people to come in and open up to us in. And when you're hosting a meeting and a huddle, the intention should be that this is a place for us to co-create. I'm here as a leader. I have the vision. I've got some information that I need to deliver because I have the, the wherewithal to get that information. But really, it's something that we should make sure that we're also bringing in and some that can be discussed on. Inviting that up because when we can have our ideas be met with others, you're going to have even greater ideas come to life. So that psychological safety is really important. And if somebody looks like they're they're not, you know, really there with you, we all know what that looks like, but they look shut down, you know, finding a way to even, 
you know, tune into that person and smile at that person, compliment that person, ask them how they're doing and, and what is it that they want to walk away? What did they show up for? You know, use that, that curiosity to start to help them aspire what's the most meaningful part of them being there in that moment, bring them back to their present moment because they're probably lost in a story that's not a good one, right? So we have the ability to help stop that thinking. And then we, we go into A, which is aspirations. I start with aspirations. When I bring people into a huddle, I'll ask them, you know, whatever aspiring question, what part of our culture is motivating you today? What is a challenge that if we had time to talk about it, to solve it with you, what would that be? So really just being able to start to bring that type of aspiring and share and discover in to the beginning of the space. In a big meeting, if I have a, a team meeting, I'll ask them, like, please, if you, if you can just take a moment and write down, what is it that you want to walk away from this meeting learning more about? What's important to you? And then you can call on one or two of them, but them being able to get it out on paper, it allows them to have that chance of processing. You held the space for them. They get it out in front of it and it has more context. So now they've come to the present moment with you and they came into it with you by you asking what's important for them. So really being able to start with that, with that aspiration and then see is that, that connection, you know, checking in and seeing how am I connecting? How is this landing? There's something that I teach in a web series as, as well um, around intelligent conversations, which is reframe, refocus and redirect. And we, we use that as a term conversational agility. And so that's really a great place to also make sure you're tuning in to reframing content if it doesn't feel good. You know, if people are, are showing up in the meeting and they're talking more from a fear-based place, how do we get them unstuck and reframe it to see possibilities? And so being able to just really kept checking in with that connection, where are the people in the room with you? Are they following you? And you can do that through curiosity. You know, how, what's the most meaningful thing you guys are hearing right now? What's inspiring? What's causing maybe a little bit of anxiety? Don't be afraid to ask those questions because if we can name the emotion that they're feeling, it allows it to move through them so that we can get them to show up differently in that moment. It doesn't have to be the next day. It can be in that moment. And then E is experience. You know, what experience are you guys walking away with? Or what experience, if it's a reflection for, for us in a coaching session, what would this, this experience that you just had, what would be the three actions that you'd need to act on immediately to continue to cultivate all of this that we've been able to share and discover and find that's the most important for you? You know, what's the next thing that you need to do to really live in this experience outside of where we are right now? So that's, a, it's called space. And it's just a way to just kind of get some understanding and, and ways to facilitate. I have another one in the book called Connect. I love acronyms because it just helps Me us, to have, you know, <laughs> our mind loves to compartmentalize. So we remember things and it, it can help us slow things down and, and check back in. Thank you for joining us today. And if you loved this podcast, jump on over to our YouTube page to hear the full hour long interview. You can find us at Next Level Salon Leadership.